When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, Club Scouts. Before we get into today's episode, I have some more Patreon shoutouts. I want to thank Katie Lilly, Mitch Yount, Jimmy Quaisian, hope I said that right, Robin H., and Matt Messek. Yay. Raza, Robin H., Chris Davila, J.A. Rickard, Caitlin, Charles Passens, Heidi Hamer, or Heidi Hammer if you're a superhero, <laughs> Angel Portella, and Molly Chez. Nice. Thanks for your pledge as well. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, if you're into the, if you want to check out uh, the Patreon page and support the show, uh, it's www.patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and r- unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Now, time for the show! I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. <laughs> yes, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we share personal paranormal histories with celebrity guests and tell tales of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson, and our producer, Riley Bray. And we are back. After a summer break, yeah, for an all new series of episodes with Bigfoot Collectors Club. Of course, the listeners at home, you guys didn't miss a week, but um, the guys here in the clubhouse, big Bigfoot boys, we haven't seen each other for a while. It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah. it has been a minute. It's and so nice to be back. I'm pretending like I. <laughs> it's really tough to pretend to delay the intro for our guest today because. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm a foot and a half next to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we just put him right in the chair and shoved a microphone in his yeah. face. It's awesome. also just a little creepy. I'm just sitting here looking at you guys. All right, Rad. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know who this man is. He is the director of films such as Willow Creek, uh, World's Greatest Dad. He is also the creator of Bobcat Goldthwaite's uh, Misfits and Monsters, currently airing on True TV. It's a man by the name of Bobcat Goldway. Yeah, What's <laughs> up, dude? Hey, how are you? I'm glad I'm, I'm me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so are with we. that introduction, uh, I'm uh, I'm good. I've I'm, I've been busy, but I'm very happy. Oh man, we are so happy to have you. Thanks. Uh, I I just want to say up front, uh, I've no your your support of the show has not gone unnoticed. 
So thank you for following us sure. on Instagram sure. and liking all the pictures we post. Well, you know, Bryce, obviously, our bond is we did Willow Creek. Yeah. I mean, but we've been friends for years before that. But it was funny when I called him up with the idea for Willow Creek. Uh, for the listeners who aren't aware of it, that's a, a, a found footage movie we made uh, in. We shot it in in Willow Creek, right. and and uh, uh, but but the thing is, is I wasn't even through with the pitch, and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm I'm there, Bigfoot." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I remember I, I was in I was in Canada, and you called me, and uh, yeah, I totally I remember just jumping. On, I'm your man. Yeah, I'm your and man. You really Big, were. Yeah, yeah, uh, totally. So, uh, and we shot it there. You know, we we uh, uh, what's the name of? I mean, I, I think of Laos Camp, but what's the? That's it. But what's the place? Uh, the actual Patterson Gimlin Bluff Creek. Shot? Bluff, Bluff Creek. Yeah. yeah. So we we didn't want to traipse around Bluff Creek because for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons I knew that there was markers there that people had right. trying to prove that it was where the footage was shot because of all the uh, uh, silt that had been, you know. So I just didn't want to traipse around. And I didn't want to traipse around an area which means a lot to a lot of people. And an area where there are Sasquatch roaming. Well, it was no, we Sasquatch <laughs> wasn't a problem as much as the uh, mountain lions. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, we, my God. We saw two mountain lions. Did you guys really? Yeah. yeah. Well, he did. And then he's like, we, saw, well, the, the, we should shoot up here. Uh, no, no. <laughs> it's worse than that. Because I was like insane when I was making the movie. I was like, we're going to get this. Like, I was nuts. Yeah. And, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, so, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, you what? were looking for a cave for your finale, but there is no cave, right? No, <laughs> and I didn't realize. Well, when the sun goes down, everything's a cave. Yeah, it's like, just you know what's in caves, don't cave. you? Yeah, animals. Yeah. Animals are in caves. So, uh, uh, Evan, we were. We, we, <laughs> He comes down one of our crew guys. It was a tiny, tiny crew. I think our only crew guy. And he goes, um, hey, what's the difference between a bobcat and a mountain lion? I was like, well, a bobcat is kind of stocky and has a short tail and a uh, mountain lion's tall and has a long tail. He goes, yeah, I just saw a mountain lion. And I, <laughs> I was like, well, where? He goes, it's just down that path there. I go, well, let's go film over there. Oh. But like Bryce is like, I think this location's a five yeah. or four. I think yeah, he said. I have a bad feeling he about goes, this. This is like a four. Maybe we should go. Well, he's traipsing me up this steep mountain. mountain. He's like, yeah, so Evan saw a mountain lion go that way. So we're just going to head this way real yeah. quick. I was like, dude, I'm not going any which way. I'm like, you know, are you sure you need a cave? And then I remember like at one point, uh, Bryce had been sweating in the scene. And then we were doing like a pickup where and I go, oh, you need to be sweating. And he wasn't sweating then. I go, well, just spray a whole bunch of off on your face and then it'll beat up and it'll look like sweat. His office not sweat. Like he was, oh my god! So, uh, so yeah. So we we saw a mountain lion run across the street and then and then we saw one on, right right where we were filming. And so there's a scene in the movie. It's almost 19 minutes long. Oh, it's a, my! I love that scene. Oh, I think thanks. about it all the time. And the first take we did, it, the camera never cuts, and it's just stationary, and they're hearing things outside. And, and so the first take, uh, <laughs> Bryce started crying. It was like 2, 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> it's and, true. And uh, I go, uh, that was really good. I, I just don't think your character would cry. And he's like, my character's not crying. I'm crying. <laughs> we can film this in a parking lot. No one knows that we're here. Why are we filming it here? And I was like, that's really good. Use that emotion in the scene. Just don't cry. Right. Don't be okay, such a pussy. Let's go again. <laughs> Next take, shits his pants. Yeah. I mean, you know, because we were actually in, it's 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 called Laos Camp, which is yeah. basically like the uh, 
the home base for all those the people who um, go pay homage to Bluff Creek. This right. is this is the campsite where they actually camp, and I believe it's where even um, Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin might have camped at one night or two as well. Right, and it's it's you, you hope that it was because it was. I believe that was built by people who were making a road that they mm. never finished. Yeah. That's correct. I think. But there's an eerie feeling of being there. I mean, well, even like being in that tent, like. I well, mean, I was, was like, just... going, now, was there a general louse? I'm hoping <laughs> that this was named after, not the insect. Yeah, thing. right. It turns right. out there wasn't a general louse. Right, right. <laughs> you all brought humbug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> this is General Cootie's camp. So we. Uh, we we just shot the movie really down and dirty, and we were there, and we had a lot of the like uh, some folks from the Bigfoot community. That's why, like, I think the calls are done pretty well, and mm-hmm. uh, and the, all the stuff I was trying to be as true as possible. I didn't want to do a movie making fun of uh, Bigfoot believers. You know, I, I initially thought I was going to make like a Christopher Guest movie where. Uh, oh, that would have been a different Where it was movie. a Bigfoot convention. And then I went to a Bigfoot convention. And I was like, <laughs> you know, this is this is just mean. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, well, where I'd have a bunch of comics. Because I was at this Bigfoot convention, and there's this guy. He's got a pointy-headed Bigfoot and a cardboard cutout. And the other guy looks at him, and he goes, you disgust me. Because Bigfoot's got a flat head. And he goes, well, I've seen Bigfoot three times, and you never have because you smoke. Right. Um, so that was that argument. But uh, but That sounds know. like me and Bryce on every episode of the right. show. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, the native uh, peoples believed that they would offer tobacco to, to Sasquatch. So, uh, you know, that, oh, that blew cool. a hole right in that guy's <clears throat> thing. So, but, but then during the keynote speaker... Before he came on, this other guy came on. He started talking about UFOs, and uh, about a third of the room went, "Yeah, who invited uh, this kook?" It's a divisive it's uh, a topic. Di- oh yeah. my god, yeah, it connection. really is. Right. Yeah, and all the different versions. A divided of- community. Well, the thing, the thing that I love about what you did do in Willow Creek, and and aside from it being an actually an actual scary movie, which I thought you did really well, was all the sort of kitschiness of the Bigfoot stuff is just inherently there while filming around Willow Creek, the town itself, which I've been to and I love. And I had just watched the film about, I would say, a month or two after I had been up in Willow Creek. And, like, there's that great scene where Bryce, you and the actress who plays your girlfriend, are sitting and eating, like, the Bigfoot burgers. Oh, yeah. With right. the buns that are, this, you know, the shape of a foot. And I remember being like, oh, man, I didn't I didn't know that place was there. I didn't know. <laughs> you didn't know how sick there. it made us, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was the thing. I guess the Bigfoot burger wasn't delicious. Yeah. But, uh, but they were nice enough to let us film there. Yeah. So these were. guys are going, mmm. Mm. But I... It's cool because I I love that town with all the like wooden sculptures of Sasquatch and the murals of like Bigfoot oh, yeah. helping the pioneers build the town. So that's yeah. the fun of it, the fun side of it, without making fun of it, is sort no, of I in the fabric to. of the of the film. Well, what's left me so proud is I like to think of it as I mean, there's only just like a few, a handful of actual Bigfoot movies and. You know, I, I'm I'm pretty proud of the fact that ours kind of ranks up there as being. I, I'd like to see it as like a, cl- a classic status someday. You know, as far as well, I think Bigfoot movies. Folks go. in the community do seem to like it because, uh, although I mean, a lot of folks you know prefer the benevolent Sasquatch, and, mm-hmm. and it is a horror film. You know, there is that. But you know, when you look back, most of these most people 
who are who are into Bigfoot, the the gateway drug was uh, Boggy Creek right. or In Search of and stuff. And Boggy Creek is is obviously a scary movie. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, I got a little grief. Why did you make a scary Bigfoot movie? But uh, you know, I mean, I, I if I had done, you know, Harry and the Hendersons or something, I don't know. I just yeah, would have been wouldn't weird. have been the same. If Bigfoot comes out and he's got a flower, yeah, no, <laughs> there's like, no movie. <laughs> Friends, <laughs> hey, let's cook breakfast together. Yeah. Don't eat the Bigfoot; <laughs> it'll hurt your tummy totally. <laughs> All right, well, speaking of making fun of Bigfoot, I have a news story I want to share with you guys this week. And Bobcat, please feel free to chime in on this. You've probably already heard this story. Mm -hmm. This came out about a week ago, but since we were on hiatus, uh, it's news to us. So here is... BCC News. This is from the New York Times. Leslie Cockburn, a Democratic congressional nominee in Virginia, accused her Republican opponent, Denver Riggleman, on Sunday, July 29th, of campaigning with white supremacists and being an author of Bigfoot-themed erotica. Yes, you heard that correctly. Uh, Mrs. Cockburn's accusation, which was made in a tweet, prompted a frenzy of jokes on social media and a denial from the Riggleman campaign. In an interview on Monday, Mr. Riggleman said that he was writing a book about people who believe in Bigfoot, but denied that it contained any erotic content. Mm. He said any eyebrow-raising images of Bigfoot on his social media accounts were a result of a 14-year practical joke between me and my military buddies. (laughs) And uh, here is the photo that was retweeted um, that Denver Riggleman had put on his uh, Instagram or Twitter account. Dude's ripped. It wow. is a. It's a sketch. <laughs> Bigfoot. It's, it's, got, a, it's a crude sketch of he's Bigfoot. Got, he's got like Christ-like abs <laughs> and a three-foot long censored. schlong that is censored. Well, but that's just the word "censored" in a black strip. It could have stopped maybe. Well, on it sense. seems to imply that it goes down to his knees. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so here's the thing: like this became a news story, like. Because of the Bigfoot erotica. Two right. years ago, being a white supremacist would have been Enough. the lead. <laughs> right. No, I know. No, it's like, hey, not only is he a white supremacist, <laughs> this guy this guy likes Bigfoot uh, uh, erotica, which is which is terrible that this is like something that was a, a joke 14 years ago. And uh, I mean, I can't believe I'm like, well, am I, know. I defending a white supremacist? Well, <laughs> now, apparently now, uh, uh, Riggleman denies that he is a white supremacist, but he has been apparently campaigned with a uh, state senatorial candidate who has said some pretty white nationalistic right. stuff. So That's uh, the thing, I'm just... I'm t- <laughs> Done <laughs> watching out for people's feelings. You oh know? yeah, I mean you're 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 just a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Let's let's yeah. let's stop it. Yeah, I like the other day I heard an interview on NPR. They were they were interviewing guys from the uh, Proud Boys uh, movement, and uh, and they they <laughs> the first guy they do is interview, and he's he didn't want to use his last name. I go, well, that flies right in the face of the name of your group. (laughs) You didn't see it that way. You're ashamed, boys, then. You're not proud, boys. Well, now, hold on a minute. (laughs) Yeah. So just don't use my last name. I'm part of the Proud Boys. Right. Wait a minute. Proud Boys Anonymous. Proud Boys Anonymous. That's awesome. What's amazing is there's an interview with conservative television. uh, What is it called? Uh, CTR, I believe. Let me see. It's somewhere in here in my article. But uh, there's a YouTube video where a conservative television 
television reporter, is interviewing Denver Riggleman about all of this. And he claims to be a Bigfoot skeptic, yet he's totally – he knows Every he knows about uh, interdimensional portals. He knows about a two uh, two hundred sixty million war year war between Sasquatch and the Dracos. He knows about Bigfoot's connection with the UFOs. He also goes on to describe Sasquatch can attack you with psychic terror vibes. Oh wow! And he's he wrote a book about going on a Bigfoot expedition. He took his wife on a their on a Bigfoot expedition for their fifteen year anniversary. And this book that he claims is not Bigfoot erotica is called uh, The Mating Habits of Bigfoot and the Women Who Love Him. <laughs> that's his book? That's his yeah. book. It's a oh. real book that's coming up, and this was supposedly art yeah. for the cover of the book. All right. Now, is, is the book published? Is it? Uh... I don't think it's published yet, but he is writing it. He claims it's tongue-in-cheek, but I, you know, if this is a comedy bit, he is really, yeah, really committing his, to it. He's got yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen, Andy Kaufman levels <laughs> yeah. of commitment. Yeah. yeah. So it's just fascinating. I'm like, he's kind of one of us in a weird way. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, well, when it, to the, when it comes to Bigfoot knowledge, but that's the thing that's weird is that is that, and it's it's made me kind of retreat a little bit from the Bigfoot community is 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 the amount of uh, conspiracy theorists. Uh, there's a lot of right wing kind of folks involved in the community, which is to me is a is a disappointment. You know, it's it's stopped being fun for me. You know, like shows like. Like uh, coast to coast when yeah. When, yeah. when Alex Jones started showing up on there, yeah, and I was yep. like, "Wow, this isn't fun anymore." Yeah, you know? no, so it's not. That's 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 a weird thing. It was kind of it was, you know, sitting around a campfire with a bunch of folks, uh, uh, talking about sightings and encounters and talking about uh, uh, theories and stuff. That's a blast. Yeah. yeah, and that's what we do here on this. That's kind of what we're all about. Is yeah. Uh, celebrating the lore and the stories and the yeah, eyewitness accounts. It's, it's awesome. And then all of a sudden it's just, uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden it's just maybe too many red baseball hats are starting yeah. to show up. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, man, come on, don't, don't you know, ruin it. And not that, we're goal, not that we're a goal-oriented podcast, but we try and bring it back to the center a little bit, and you know what I mean? And just... Uh, Bring it back to that kind of old school feeling that you were just talking about, you know. Well, that's what's and fascinating all to me. What know? is what is Bigfoot if it's not a a, a mammal, an eight hundred pound wood ape? You know, yeah. uh, uh, it, 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 what does it represent for thousands of years? What what mm-hmm. is it? Was it just simply someone saying, "Hey, don't go into the woods" to their kids? Right. There's a big there's a boogeyman out there. Yeah. Or but why does it keep showing up in all these different cultures? So that that does fascinate me uh, on 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 tons of paranormal stuff. I find it really fun, you know? I find it really uh you know, I want to live in the world of what if, not in the in the world of absolutes. Uh, so this so, is a perfect time to ask you, say, yeah. Bobcat. What is your personal paranormal history? You know, I, when you were doing the introduction, I was trying to think of it and I, I the first thing that came to my mind and this isn't really paranormal, but I was talking to my brother jimmy and i said you know i had this i remember as a kid this really weird dream where we were walking out at camp and um and it was just raining frogs and then we just started picking them up they're really tiny and we just picked them up in their shirts and there was hundreds and thousands of them all over the street on the road we were walking and my brother goes oh that wasn't a dream that happened wow 
Yeah. Is, so yeah. So so what is that? I don't know. And I and I definitely and we came back <laughs> with our parents who, who, who had who who had a a lot of beer in them, and we were like with shirts full of little tiny frogs, and we go, "It's raining frogs," and they go, uh, <laughs> "It's just." I didn't care. Where, how old were you when this happened, do you think? I was probably like six or seven. And where yeah. did you grow up? Well, I grew up in Syracuse, New York, but this was in the Adirondacks where this would have happened. Oh, wow. So I don't know. What, how does that happen? What is that? Well, that, that was in that a... film Magnolia. That yeah. was in the, yeah. the, the, the finale scene. Uh, it starts raining frogs. Those big, uh, <clears throat> but big. Yeah, like big bullfrogs. Bull 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 frogs. Yeah, yeah, when I was, they, they were just little tiny. And, and, and they were little tiny, so they didn't have them. Mass to be destroyed right, when they landed. Right. They were all alive. That most, is some sort of weather phenomenon. Somehow, like uh, fro- little baby frogs will get sucked up <laughs> by. Uh, How does it happen? I don't understand, but I think I remember learning about this as a kid, and now I've totally forgotten. But it really? it, it happens. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like I don't think the your meteorologists really like. You know, what I mean, they, uh, there's a frog storm brewing. Forty percent chance of frogs. Forty percent chance of frogs. You might want to. Yeah, we're gonna have. Uh, it's also gonna be raining blood and locusts. So wear your wear your raincoat. But as a kid, you must be thinking in, in terms of biblical. Like you're like, this is crazy shit happening. You no, know? I wasn't. Bible, I was more like, holy, what is? Th-? I mean, right. do you want to know something? I wasn't as amazed at the the them falling from the sky. I was so excited to see that many frogs. Yeah, right. right. So, <laughs> I was that this age. is awesome. Like, this is frogs. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like a year or two later, it would have been. Uh, my uncle's playboys would have fell from the right. sky, <laughs> and I would have been, "Oh my god, this Holy is the best shit ever!" But uh, man, yeah. that would be cool if you were just when you were a kid. There would be a, the occasional playboy storm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had my. I said that because my my uncle had left. A, I had an upstairs to an attic in our garage, and we would. It was became like a fort, and then he brought in his uh, some of his junk, his antiques or something, and then. And then in this boxes we're poking around as a kid was like this collection of of playboys oh, from man. the sixties, <laughs> and it was like when we found it, we were probably like ten and twelve, and it was like in my head when I remember the story, they were backlit, right? <laughs> you know, and this choir of angels, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the suitcase, the briefcase in Pulp Fiction, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, and then they all and and all the women had tan lines, so I really thought like that's how. Uh, it was like some sort of birthmark. Yeah, like I thought everybody had. <laughs> That's what beauty is. White uh, genitals. Shaped. Yeah, <laughs> white. Well, you know, white. Yeah, everything yeah. was white. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, I didn't. Oh man, that's... <laughs> it took me a while to figure that. That out. see, I didn't have an uncle, but I did have woods near my house, yeah. and occasionally you would find the weird bag of old porn that was buried out in the woods. <laughs> what? That's not that like, uh... fun '60s Playboy no, porn. This that's is like just a whole like, other. Some weird like weather-beaten old hustler magazine. <laughs> I've never heard of st- anybody finding a old what? weird bag of porn, porn out in, in the woods. woods? No, when no, I have not. The... You never. Come on. No. Yes, you. You never. And, and there'd be the porn leprechaun. Right. Running away. <laughs> you found me porn. Good for you. <laughs> the you can stay out of the woods now. There's yeah. porn in there. You get right. three porn wishes. Maybe it's guy. somebody offering it up to Sasquatch. Oh, yeah. That if, makes me want to go bury some porn in the woods. I, I found yeah. Bigfoot's some... stash. Well, oh if God. Bigfoot, if there is. Now, yeah, I've heard about Bigfoot erotica for years, and you, you've seen. I, I haven't watched it, but you've certainly seen. Uh, 
images, you know, there's movies. Well, now, hold on, Bobcat. <laughs> what? I, where have you seen these I images? Could, you certainly have. <laughs> in, in the bag I found in the woods. No, it was, there's, there's, there's uh, Bigfoot porn, you know? You, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You see ads for that when you're looking. There's, <laughs> you know when you're looking for yeah. Bigfoot. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking are about. Are you thinking the idea that you're looking at porn? Like, Bobcat, whoa, wait, wait, are you <laughs> announcing your campaign to run for congressional <laughs> I am. I am. I think. I think. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> that's a weird thing. Um, so we were uh, Robert Lederman, right? Mm-hmm. So he was. Uh, he, he was helping us. Uh, he's a park ranger, but Ranger Rob, and he's a, a believer, and and he was helping us with a lot of the calls and and helped us. Uh, to, uh, Tom uh, Yamarone and all these guys. They helped us find the the spot the spot and and go to make the movie and and um you it's like what is it a couple hour drive down 11 mile road it yeah. take, it's not easy to get to and no it's pretty treacherous and then too. you hike in and um but but uh we're sitting around the campfire first of all it's kind of funny because yams is the tom yamaron he's the bigfoot bob dylan you know he's Got a lot of songs centric to Bigfoot. <laughs> oh yeah, I think Bryce, you brought this yeah, guy yeah. up on and, the show, and before. he sings like, and he sings like, and he, and a lot of the songs are even about like historical sightings and stuff. It's a lot of factual information, yeah, yeah. <laughs> embedded so in the yeah, songs. So yeah, sitting around singing, and he's sung like his catalog, and uh, and it, it, this is like late, late night, and we're on the fire, and go, uh, hey, uh, Yams, you, you you know any other songs? And he goes, you guys like Jewel. <laughs> and I go, I would love to hear Jewel. And then, and then Timmy and Tom Yams did a Jewel song. And then, so Robert and I are talking, and he says, You know, I'm a writer too. This is after we saw a mountain lion. So I'm like sticking next to the guy who's a ranger, possibly has a gun. Yeah, let's hope I, so. so. So he says, um, He's got ranger fists too. He can beat a mountain lion <laughs> off. <laughs> Wait a minute, well, Josh, a hold on a second. That, that's a whole nother thing, mountain lion point. So, so good God. So, so he says, he goes, uh, you know, I'm a writer too, and I go, oh, uh, what do you write? He says, well, I write, you know, Twilight. I go, sure. He goes, well, I write tween centric, you know, uh, story set in the Bigfoot world. You know, I write like Twilight, but for. <laughs> Oh, like young, so young adult, and I, and I swear to God, I go, "What's the name of your book?" Because, well, uh, Yeti or not? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the coming of age tale. So, a yeah. coming of age That's tale. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeti or not? And then, um, so I was on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and you have to have a bluff story when you're on Wait, Wait. And if you know this show on NPR, yeah, yeah, they yeah. have one real news story, and then. You have to write one. And no one ever picks me, so I think I'll just write about Robert's. <laughs> Yeti or not. Yeti or not. Yeah. Because <laughs> people were upset because later on when he wrote a novel, he introduced, I think, Wood Nymphs or something, and, and people like, what are you doing? So, so, <laughs> so, Wood Nymphs really ruined this. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying, the integrity. Yeah. So, <laughs> don't make us look silly. So, so, so he goes... So I I write this up as a story, and and it's the first time they picked me. They said that's the true story. 
but it's I'm supposed to not have the true story, it's right? Because like, another person has the true story. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, <gasps> and so everybody. Oh no! I go, I go. I gotta tell you, this is kind of based on a true story. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, what? They go, well, what part? Which part true? I go, well, there is a. Yeah, there is a Robert Lee. He did write your story. Yeah, broke like, the game. Yeah, yeah. They go, what part about this game don't you understand? <laughs> and I go, it, it was a book, Yeti or not? He goes, well, what was the part that wasn't? Well. Yeah, he did write a book where there was yeah, and some fairies in it, and but I'd come up with a fake name for that. Yeah, and right. Go, That's not a bluff at all. Right, right. <laughs> I broke. Wait, wait. Don't tell me. <laughs> I love it. Have you been back on since? Yeah, I was just on last week. Oh, right on. It was the first time I had ever won the. Um, I won. The, nice. Yeah, oh, that's great. I, and I've done the show a million times, but I never had won. <laughs> But let's talk about Bigfoot. Now, you're not Bigfoot-centric, though. You have other paranormal. No, yeah, we cover yeah. it all on this show. It, right. I think uh, the, the Bigfoot part is an homage to the first uh, discussion that Bryce and I had had about the paranormal, which was came on the heels of me seeing your movie, uh, Willow Creek. Willow Creek. Because I had just started, uh, shortly after that, worked with Bryce on a guest star on a show. And I was like, oh, my God, I just watched Willow Creek. I love that movie. You were great in it. And he's like, let me tell you how I feel about it. The paranormal. And I was like, got wow. it. Yeah, we started talking about aliens and Bigfoot, and it was on. So yeah, I thought it'd be easy to do. Like you, you could just keep remaking Willow Creek, but just in a, it'd be really easy. But it's left open for a sequel. Well, not Willow Creek, but like you know, it'd be easy to go do like a a, a lake monster story. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. and a two man sub that gets damaged. <laughs> and it's in the bottom, and something's outside. The You're sub. already there. But, yeah. I mean, that's so easy, you know. But uh, damaged sub, two man sub. Well, I I, how how soon, Bryce, would you start crying in a submarine? Oh, it, it wouldn't take long. The, it wouldn't I, take long at all. I like the idea of doing like an Area 51, or 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 maybe like. Um, uh, what's the place in Texas uh, with or, the lights? The uh, are you thinking of Skinwalker Ranch? No, the, the the it's the uh, Marfa. Oh Marfa yeah, Marfa, lights, Texas, sure. of course. Where people will like you know take hallucinogens and and look at the lights and and I was thinking there's people who are just tripping balls and then they start going to the light and then they go through like a military kind of thing and then you know something horrible happens someone's lost and they come back and cattle mutilation and just have all the all, yeah. the all the regular stuff totally and then at the very end like dawn is breaking and these guys you'd think they you know they're almost dead they just had the worst night of their life and then uh, they see the, the army and they flag them down and then the army just raises their guns and just mows them all down <laughs> you know <laughs> I just think spoiler that, alert yeah <laughs> to you a know, movie you haven't that I hasn't should been probably, made yet or, yeah i you know i i come up with ideas yeah. and, I have, and i have no problem that would be an awesome movie. I'd still go see it. I but I have no movie. problem like telling these stories because I, you know, it's I don't know. Someone stole it or something. I don't know. I'm just like knock yourself out. It yeah, doesn't totally. bother me, you know. Like if you can get, uh, you know, a movie going, hats off. <laughs> with with that my, premise, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let me ask you: Is is there room for a scene where they find porn in the woods? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, that was the story when I was a kid. You go, where where did you get that beer? And they go, oh, we found it on the side of the road. <laughs> So there was like the the beer fairy was going out, yeah, leaving beer Porn on the fairy, side of the beer roads. fairy. Yeah, <laughs> Should explore maybe those, that's those what features. Bigfoot is. Maybe he's the one just leaving all this stuff for kids to find. Yeah, he's just your cool uncle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it's My really cool is, Uncle Bigfoot. He's like a prepubescent, uh, a, like spirit guide. Yeah. My friend to usher you through puberty. <laughs> yeah. My friend Larry has a a story where he was uh, in outside of San Diego, and he uh like a totally squ- square, right on, sober minded guy, and he's funny and everything. But he just tells a story about this uh, silent craft flying over his head. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he just—it's not like you know it wasn't didn't change his life or anything, but it's just this. But he it, saw it. But when he tells it, he—it's clear. Uh, it's not like he doesn't get heat out of it. And yeah. I knew the guy for a while before he ever told me that. And he also kind of—I guess you just kind of dismiss that kind of stuff. Like, not dismiss, but you just go, "Oh yeah, that did happen." Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. It's it's always fascinating to me when I talk to people who have stories like that, and it does not like they don't Raise skip them. a beat in their life. You know, it's they're just like, yeah, I saw it, I witnessed it, and I'm totally moved on. I like, don't understand that disconnect. Like, it's like if you know, because I've seen stuff in the sky, and it's like you know, it just sends me right back down the rabbit hole, like on the internet, going right. What did I see? Who else has seen something like this? And like, what does it mean? And what about like when you do see something and it's just so fun to be staring like there was a bunch of filmmakers and we were watching this thing and then it finally got close to us and it was a bunch of Marla balloons that had escaped. But <laughs> yeah. it was so fun for that first like that, half, that, that the moment hour. of mystery when you're like, What is it? Yeah, yeah. it's like moving really oddly and yep. it's in there's like it's got it had this metallic pop and, mm-hmm. and like exactly was bouncing what you're talking it. about. Yeah. And um that's the part where there's one buddy going, oh man, you know, and and the the other storytellers, we're we're all so excited, you know. So I think that's where I land on all this stuff. Um, do I believe uh, I I kind of don't want to be in a world where where there are no UFOs and mm-hmm. and, and unexplained phenomenon? So um, I would say I'm very open. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I don't I don't want to be that cynical. Because it's just a blast, yeah. you know. And I've yeah. said this before. You, you know, your worst night out. You know, your worst night looking, your worst day or whatever. You were looking for Sasquatch, which I've done. Um, if it goes poorly, it, you just went camping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? you're still having a good yeah. time. Yeah. And I've always said, like, I don't want to be the person to film. Sasquatch, because it's just like comedian Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then you really don't get away from that for the rest of your life. Well, if do you you're remember? That guy. Right. Do you remember the guy who was showing us that it was um, it was trail camera footage? It was fascinating to me. He was showing us this footage, and he's and and there was this. It was like a ferret weasel kind of thing. I think it was called a merit mm-hmm. that was supposed to be. Um, you know, it, it, it was supposed to be in, in, extinct, and um, he he filmed it, and then he brought it back, and people were, well. But while he's showing us this camera footage, that wasn't the thing that he was showing us. He was showing us, like, Amazing. possible footprints or something right. like that in, in the, the background there's yeah. a big foot he goes, he goes yeah there's there's a merit yeah they yeah they don't thought, worry about that they thought they they were extinct in 1915 but if you look at that that really doesn't that looks like a footprint and i'm like <laughs> he's like they're gonna write me up in scientific american but no but that's not what i'm talking about i want to show you this i want to show you that is definitely <clears throat> bigfoot scat but that's the guy who you want filming 
You know, that's the guy who's going to yeah. find Bigfoot and film yeah. it. It's the one who's finding evidence for Bigfoot in a film about an, they where he caught a uh, thought-to-be extinct animal on camera. Yeah. Well, and then remember he had some sort of math, like there's one Bigfoot to every 400 bears or something. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I love like, that. Oh, man. I'm like a sliding rule. <laughs> he needed that Bigfoot measurement. That's yeah, great. That's yeah. amazing. Or I can't remember what the amount of bears. So he was waiting to get like 500 bears on camera. I don't know, man. <laughs> Awesome. Well, when we come back, we're going to have this week's story of high strangeness. We'll take a quick break. And we're back with legendary Bobcat Goldthwait. And uh, Bryce, you're doing that story of high strangeness this week, aren't you? I am. I know. And, you know, originally I wanted to do, uh, I knew Bobcat was coming in. <laughs> I was like, uh, I want to do a story that's connected Bigfoot to UFOs. I wanted to, like, you know, <laughs> Explore that topic a Bryce, little bit. Bryce, is that guy upsetting a room full of cryptozoologists? <laughs> I really at the Bigfoot am, conference? you know, because I, I really do see a connection. And in fact, I was reading something. It's like, you know, twenty percent of all Bigfoot sightings are related to uh, to UFO incidents as well, which I thought was a pretty big number. So. Um, oh boy! Oh uh, boy! <laughs> <laughs> now just now just hold on there. <laughs> uh, just wait till it gets to the portals. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, so I want to start off with a quote, um, and it's from Bob Gimlin, who was the witness to the 67 Bluff Creek Patterson film. Personal and friend of ours. A personal friend of we ours. We don't yeah. want to name drop. That's but right. Don't want to name drop. But, we're uh, friends with Well, we're friends with Bob. And, uh, and he says, I've always known that there was something more complex to the Sasquatch phenomenon than it just being a wild animal. And so, you know, even, even Gimlin's kind of gut instincts have have kind of led yeah, him and, and in later life to go. He, he kind of skirted around that a little bit when we spoke with him. Like he was started talking about UFOs, and he's like, "I don't, I don't know." I don't. Yeah, he, he didn't want to go there. Yeah, he didn't want to go he there. But, but go he there. clearly does. Yeah, he does have that time. that sense of feeling. Um, so this is called the A Bear Road incident. Have you are you familiar no. with it all? Um, so for many, the A Bear Road incident was you know pretty much just a string of Bigfoot sightings spread over one week in the summer of 1976. However, something far more bizarre was taking place, and in addition to hairy creatures, there was an outbreak of UFO reports that erupted in and around Whitehall, New York, at the same time, including one lady even reporting a round object landing on her lawn and then taking off, leaving behind a matted circular impression in her grass. And one can't help but to wonder, you know, could there be a connection between this small-town UFO flap and the Bigfoot sightings that followed? Uh, just to give a little history, you know, for centuries, stories of hairy creatures inhabiting the area have been passed down from generation to generation. Samuel de Champlain, he's a famous explorer of the New World, commonly referred to as the father of New France, uh, reportedly documented Sasquatch sighting as early as 1603. Now, by many of his reports are considered the earliest documented sightings of Sasquatch in the North Country, and it came from his journals, and it was a stories told to him by Native Americans, um, the Iroquois and the Algonquin, and they, they told him of a creature they called Stone Giant or Hairy Wild Man. Um, also, famous American Revolution soldier Robert Rogers reports that his rangers were chased from the woods uh, by a similar unidentified creature. 
So Abair Road is in Whitehall, New York. And just to give you a little background on, uh, you know, you know, and your story about the Adirondacks. So, so I'm glad this is kind of yeah. So yeah, on point. I, I think Whitehall is in the Adirondacks. Yeah, right? that's right. right. Whitehall, New York, is the birthplace of the U.S. Navy and sits at the base of the Adirondack Mountain Range, which consists of millions of acres of protected forest lands, including 3,000 lakes and ponds, as well as 30,000 miles of rivers and streams. Just to give you a little bit of, uh, um. To the park, <laughs> Riley's trying out our. Uh, it's pretty great. We're live scoring the stories. We're live now. scoring the yeah, stories like now. So, just to give you some idea of the size of this thing, today the park is the largest publicly protected area in the contiguous United States, greater in size than Yellowstone, Everglades, Glacier, and Grand Canyon National Parks combined. So, the Adok Mountain Range is is huge. Now. For the town of Whitehall it, Whitehall, it really started in 1975 when a guy named Cliff Sparks, he's the owner of a local golf course. So he's, he's, in, a, he's in an electric cart with his dog, and he's like, well, I'm going to go water nine. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, he rolls up, and on the middle of the green, he sees this seven-foot monster with long arms, hairy. And, it's, and, and he, you know, he says he kind of snuck up on it because it was in his electric cart. But then immediately he's like, he felt his presence. The, the creature stands up and he looks over at him and his dog. And he says, red lasers kind of shot out of his eyes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, he wasn't looking so much at me. He was mad. He was trying to yeah. sink a putt. Yeah, he wasn't so much looking at me, but my dog. And the dog just oh. cowers, he says. And then, you know, after a few seconds, it runs off into the woods. Um, and so he reported this to the local news and everything. And so his golf course kind of gained some attention. But now, two years later, uh, a creature of similar stature would put the town of Whitehall on the map. So Bear Road sits just a few miles outside of Whitehall, and it's surrounded by fields and forests. Now, it was on this road that it, late August, I believe August 24th, that three boys had an encounter that kind of kicked off a week-long series of events. So it started with teenagers Marty Paddock and Paul Goslin. It always starts with teenagers. Yeah, yeah. Now it's they're pesky like teens. Yeah. Now they're eighteen and they're in a small town and they're doing what normal you know uh, teenagers do. They're just cruising around, you know, looking for <clears throat> hidden porn in the woods. <laughs> looking for hidden porn in the woods. Seeing where that beer fairy <laughs> right. dropped off. Yeah, totally. So they're traveling Some east hams. on A Bear Road around ten p.m. when on the left side. Uh, the left side of the road, he sees this large, hulking, human-type form. And as they get toward the end of the road, they turn around. So they're they're driving by, and they're like, did you see that? And he's like, yeah. So they get to the end of the road, and they turn around. They go, well, let's, you know, they turn around. This is very, um, like, the Dover Demon story. Yeah. much. And so they get back to where it was, wherever they saw it, and it it was nothing there. Um, They stop their car right where they saw this thing on the side of the road, and that's when they hear this loud-pitched screaming noise like from a lady or a, or a pig, right? The porn's in the bushes! <laughs> <laughs> Look in the bushes for the porn! <laughs> so they they get a little spooked. They take off back to the top of the hill. Marty has a gun in his car, so he takes it out. He loads it. and Because he doesn't know if it's if some, if some a woman is being attacked or, or if there was this creature or, or what. So he loads the gun. He rolls down his window. And uh, he sticks the gun out as he makes his way back to where he hears the scream. All of a sudden, the creature crosses right in front of him and nears the driver's side window. Now, instead of shooting, which I thought was weird, you know, maybe you take a shot. But so many reports, people don't shoot at these Bigfoots when they see this, like, man-like face. Infrared uh, <clears throat> attacks. 
Yeah. Psychic terror. Yeah. Marty instead hightails it out of there, and the beast kind of starts to run after him. So they get back to the village at Whitehall where they run into Marty's brother, who's a police officer. His name is Brian Gossick. Brian Goslin, who basically says, you know, what What the fuck have you guys been smoking? This is, I mean, <clears throat> I swear to God, this is season three of Stranger Things, right? <laughs> <laughs> totally. You know, and, and so Brian Goslin, he can tell his brother and his friend are a little spooked out. So Brian calls his father, who's the police chief, police chief Wilford Goslin, who just got off duty. And he says, well, all right, call the troopers and the sheriff. Get them out there. I'm on my way. So now as the teenagers, Marty and Paul, they, they leave town. They, and they're like, well, they run into their buddy Bart Kinney and on the These side of the road. are amazing. And they tell him, they say, they say hey, you want to go see a monster? And, of course, Bart's like, yeah, yeah. hell yeah. So they go back out to Bear Road, and, uh, and they stop on the side of the road again where they sat there and watched. They didn't see anything. When after a while, he looks on the other side of the road, and he sees it just standing there. And he walks right up in front of the car's lights. So he's about 30 feet away in the car lights. And all the boys, they just sit there quietly and they look at it for a few seconds before they really get spooked and they just take off. Um, Now, there's another witness who would later come out, and his name was John Winslow. And he was riding with Brett Kinley, Bart's brother. Now, he says he was in a vehicle approximately two minutes behind Marty's truck after Marty hightailed it out of there. And uh, and he knows it was approximately right after that because he could smell the tires from the, the burnt rubber. Um, the original investigator, Bill Brand, measured those tire marks at about 57 feet of tire marks. So they, they hauled ass out of there. And, uh, and he says, you know, they pull over and they get a boat. They get a really odd feeling that something's just kind of not right. When all of a sudden behind their car, something crosses the street and they, he looks and he, you know, he looks over his shoulder and he sees it kind of turn and peer into their car window. And it has red eyes. It's large. It's hairy. And it's moving fast. But just walking makes its way across the road. And it's carrying a sack full of <laughs> old weather-beaten a- hustler yeah. magazines. <laughs> so, I'll be back next year, kids. Yeah. So they, they fucking tail it out of there. Now, about 10 minutes later, all those troopers arrive from New York State, Whitehall Police, and Washington County Deputy. Uh, they arrive on the scene. So it looks like a whole scene is taking place right. on Abear Road. So Marty, Paul, and Bart, they feel a little bit safer with all the troopers there. So they park their car and they get out along Abear Road. So now Paul, uh, I mean Marty, Marty uh, Goslin, he goes up to his dad, who's the sheriff, and his dad's like, so what happened? And they start walking out into the field. And he tells this story. He's like, well, I was with my buddy, and, and you know, we saw this fucking thing. We heard this scream. And they're kind of, and he's kind of like, you know, retelling the story. And as they're kneeling down, they hear all of them. They hear that loud, like guttural, like high pitched scream, like, oh, oh God, that was the worst. I can't believe I did that. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> but that turns what, out it was just a turkey. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, look that, at the bushes. <laughs> that does not do it justice. So they realize that there, he's not telling. There, there's something there. Um, and so now there's basically 11 people out there. That's including eight police officers, eight police officers from three different police departments. Meanwhile, there's so much small town crime going yeah, on. That they need breaking into homes, yeah. looting. Right. It's like the uh, what was that? They movie? go, dude, uh, you can put this suit on. Right, you'll draw all the cops out of the woods. Yeah, I'm, Die Hard I'm, Two premise. I'm yeah. gonna knock over the diamond <laughs> store. Um, so now they've got all their all the cops and the officers. They've got their spotlights on, and they're examining the field 
When they spot with their lights, one of the deputies, he spots something large and hairy walking along the fence line. So now this is the first time everyone gets a really good look at the thing, and they could see the size and the color, which they described as a blackish dark brown around eight feet tall with giant muscles. Now the thing just jumps the fence and runs back out into the thickets. And that's pretty much how it played out when all those officers were there. Um, so an interesting note on that, a guy named Frank McFerrin of Granville, uh, which is right next to uh, Bear Road, reported that at 11.10 p.m., he fired four shots at an upright walking hair-covered creature with red glowing eyes on Carver Falls Road. And then he notified New York State Police. So uh, there's a report of this guy taking shots at this thing. So now that night ends, <clears throat> and everybody goes kind of back to their lives, and uh, sort of, uh, until the next day, uh, this New York State trooper, you know, he had heard from his buddies who were out there the night before, and he calls up Brian Gosling. This is Marty's brother who was a police officer. I just picture officer. Brian Gosling looking like Ryan Gosling. Yeah, yeah. Right, I was, I was right. doing the same thing. Yeah, there's yeah. no way not yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can do that. That's fine for the story. And so he's like, he calls him up. He says, hey, you know, I just got off duty. Uh, do you want to go back out there and see if we could see the thing again? And Brian's like, all right, let's do it. And so they go back out the next night to Bear Road. And uh, so Brian and this uh, New York State trooper, uh, he, he gets remained unidentified. He didn't want to be identified. By the way, this story is from Denver Riggleman's upcoming book, <laughs> <laughs> The Mating Habits of Bigfoot. That's right. This is all <laughs> And in the women there. who love him. So he goes out there, and they're both out in the field. Um, when his but when this state trooper he calls him Mr. Fox because he wants to be left unidentified, he hears him like "What the fuck is that?" You know, and he gets and he, and he jumps and he spooks and he's like and he runs past Brian back into his car and takes off. What he leaves him totally leaves did him did not have his back out in the did not have his back at all. Uh, but he said he was he was completely terrified by what he saw. So Brian's still out in the field, and he's got his. Uh, He's got his spotlight. He's hanging out on the, you know, his patrol car. The door's open and he's got his spot. When when he sees it, he catches that beast again. Uh, this large, eight-foot-tall, hairy thing with red glowing eyes. And he's got his gun cocked and loaded, aiming right at it. When he says the beast kind of puts his hand above his face like that, you know. And he could tell. He could see the, like, you know, human-looking hands, the palms. And he could see the human-looking-like face. And he basically describes it as this is the this I got a I got a fantastic look at it from head on. And it's like and he describes it as like something I know that shouldn't exist. I'm looking at it right in front of my face, you know, and uh, and the thing just slowly starts walking back off into the woods. It doesn't make any like, you know, quick jolty movements or enter, but he couldn't fire. He didn't fire the gun. And he just sat and he said he went back in his car, locked the door and he just sat there for about 15 minutes trying to like, you know, um, go over in his head what it was that he had just witnessed. And that was kind of the story of Bear Road. I mean, you have all these multiple witnesses seeing this creature. And and after that, the news reports started coming in and, and uh, you know, news reporters had came on the scene and, and adventure lookers and and uh, it kind of really that whole thing put it on the map. But uh, wow, that story. <clears throat> I, I, guys, first of all, I don't know if it was this story or the live music being played, Riley. Great job. Yeah, Thanks. that story's insane. It yeah, really it is. is insane. And we're, we're going to come back after a quick break, and we're going to ask Bobcat Goldthwait, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Bob, you heard that story? Yeah, you know, I'd heard of Whitehall, but I didn't know the the exact of it. I'd heard Beast I, of Whitehall is another he, name for this thing. Yeah, because I, I did hear that story, but I didn't, didn't know That'll all the details. That'll be the, the name details. for the episode. Yeah. Beast of Whitehall. But that's so awesome, and and it, it would be fascinating. You know, I was while we we're doing this, it made me want to go speak with all because so many. Uh, so many witnesses made me want to go and interview all those people. Yeah, well, most of them aren't around anymore. Yeah, well, so. seventy five. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Brian got Paul. Paul Goslin. I mean, Marty, uh, the original driver. He passed away at a pretty young age. So, but Brian is still around, and he wrote a book with his wife Sue uh, about their encounters and about the tale. Um, and Bill Brand, the original investigator, who actually, you know, he went out that week and he put everybody on audio tape, all the cops, all oh, the wow. guys who witnessed it. Awesome. So their testimony is, and and I've heard it played back. There's a there's a guy, I think his name is Seth Greenlove, but he did a film called The Beast of White House. Oh, Beast I think of that, that name sounds really familiar. He's from Small Town Monsters, yeah. Uh, but he did a great little uh, documentary on it. Uh, oh, I'll have to look. And for that. in that, you can hear the original taped recordings of uh, of the witness accounts, and they're they're creepy. I mean, you know, these guys obviously saw something, and 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 never once do they allude to it like, oh, it could have been just some dude in a suit fucking with us. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. They no, they're like out. red glowing eyes, huge muscles, huge beast, and uh, and 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 now the 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 sphere that the woman saw land in her. Yeah, so now this took place a week, they're, they're not sure, either a week prior or a week after. This old lady reports uh, to the Whitehall Police Department that something had, was, had landed in her yard. Now, Police Chief Wilford actually went out and investigated. So this is, the, this is the, uh, Marty's dad, who was the sheriff. So he went out and investigated, along with the, uh, another deputy friend, and so they they were able to witness the uh, the matted grass from the circular object. Not only that, there was a uh, there were multiple UFO reports in and around that week and several weeks. Um, uh, also reported by one deputy, Walter Kruger, reported that he too saw a large light slowly moving to the north. He said it was sort of reddish, hazy color. As well as another deputy sheriff, as did a conservation officer. Um, all report that so much was there a UFO flap in the area that a local nuclear installation in in Lower Rockland County was put on alert. Um, wow! So there was a lot of you know, and a lot of so people the, don't the, connect the two together. But the implication being that maybe these uh, were creatures that came off those crafts. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to pass you some pictures. This one up in in this tour, it was actually drawn by uh, Marty. <laughs> But what's interesting about these this pictures looks like a Far Side cartoon is they kind of vary from well, the normal Bigfoot picture, don't they? I mean, it, right. it yeah. looks like a large hairy creature. It looks like a Bigfoot but, with Mothman's face. Yeah, yeah I was going to say it's very Mothman. The the absence of a neck. Yes, but, right. And those red glowing eyes. But the, you know? Three of them are pretty awesome. The one looks like uh, Munch from uh, Pizza Time <laughs> Theater. Yeah. The, the Chuck E. Yeah. Cheese guy totally. who plays keyboards. Yeah. Purple. Yeah. Right. Maybe it was right. Munch. Maybe yeah. it was Munch in between was gigs. Munch. He was not far yeah. recording in Woodstock. Yeah. Totally. He had just gotten rejected from the Rockefeller explosion. Yeah. Rockefeller that, explosion. That, that one is uh, Marty's original yeah, drawing Marty, of what he Marty, saw. You know, some people excel in yeah. drawing, and right. other folks. <laughs> It's got to be don't. so frustrating when you're an eyewitness and you're like, God damn it, this makes me look like an idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but or, I know what I saw. Or like, you know, when you're hearing the story, you're like, going, well, why do they just whip out their phones? And oh, right. Do you right. know what I mean? Like the yeah. likelihood of having a camera. Yeah. A camera was something that you 
you didn't even keep in your car. I mean, no, it was no like, joke. So, so you were more but, likely you know, to have a gun in your car than a camera. <laughs> yeah, these these are these time. are the stories that we kind of like. Uh, we really like because they're involved to trained observers. You know, usually when it's just right. some person in their trailer, you like the, you can't put much weight right. to it. But when you have eight different police officers from three different departments all seeing the same right. thing, and and so if you want to say, well, that okay, well, what was it if it wasn't uh, paranormal? Uh, Sure. I mean, thing. what's your gut telling so you? So what, what What would that be? Is is it like group <laughs> where they all hallucinate? Like a mass together? hallucination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so uh, whatever. It's all really fascinating. Yeah. You know, um, what, their uncle, his name was, um, uh, oh, what was his name? I'll tell you. Uh, oh, Glenn LaRose. So he, he got a little discouraged by everybody kind of just chalking it up to, ah, oh, you guys are just full of shit. Right. And uh, so he actually went back out to the area searching for evidence, and he was able to find a track uh, in the woods where it happened on oh, wow. Bear Road, and he took a plaster cast of that track. Oh, wow. And it looks very much like a uh, like a Bigfoot uh, normal cast that you would see. It's about 16 and, and, and a half inches in length, and... Uh, you wow. know, so he was able to corroborate it with a little bit of physical evidence because he knew that his brother and his and his nephew had definitely witnessed something, um, I guess, strange and paranormal. Well, what do you think, Bob? Cap was that a mountain lion? What the hell? Uh, I I what was that? I I would love and hope that it was Bigfoot. Um, you know, I just I want to know how big this craft was uh, if he was driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they said it's a little thing that landed on the lawn, totally. <laughs> well, you know, and I, it was funny. But what if that's a gateway? <clears throat> what if the the craft is some sort of like wormhole itself? Well, you, you know, and originally, uh, yeah. I mean, I have it very tactile that he's like going my left. You know, right? <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I got this. This lady's cool. She said we could use her lawn. <laughs> right. I'm gonna just. Uh, I gotta take a whiz. I'm gonna get some Utica Club. That's the uh, that's a local beer when I was a kid. <laughs> Genesee Cream Ale. Get some uh, uh, Black Label, and then uh, we'll just go. Bigfoot needs beer. Uh, yeah, that's you a know, Bigfoot beer run right there. And some of these is. stories I found too. You actually, you when I wanted to do a Bigfoot and UFO connection, there were uh, some reports that I found where people did witness, you know, like a Bigfoot entering a UFO type craft. Wow. And there's a few stories just like that, leaving people to wonder, you know, are these Bigfoots, um, you know, possibly the UFO pilots landing on earth for exploratory purposes, you know? Well, I Um, think this one's fascinating because the amount of police and, you know, uh, whatever they saw, then eventually they're stuck with the, the prejudice and weirdness, you know, mm-hmm. you weren't you one of the guys that saw Bigfoot, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, so, stigma is such a big part of all of this. Yeah, too. so a lot of these guys would just eventually give up on the story and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, because you just, you don't want to be, you don't want to look like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like a crazy person. No, I, I, you know, it led Paul, uh, you know, that, uh, I mean, Marty, the original uh, driver to kind of go and, um, on a quest of like trying to figure out what it, uh, it all it really left them all a little bit shook and a little and not not embarrassed by what they saw but you know there's always that sense of like r- ridicule that they were highly aware right. of um you know which rings true in so many of these cases where the the, the witnesses usually don't want to come forward and and tell their accounts well, of this stuff do you know that the persona that I did on stage for so long and the movies and stuff? Don't but, ruin it for me, Bob. <laughs> no, no. The very like the very first time I did that character on stage, 
um, he 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 had he had seen Bigfoot. Oh no, no way. way! Yeah, that was he. He was just like stuttering, nervous, and he's like, I, 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 and he was like, I know what I saw. And it was no bear. That's <laughs> it, crazy. It would just be this guy who was having, oh, that's who was awesome. completely flipped out, and then he finally blurted out, "Yeah, I know what I saw, and it ain't no bear." Right, right. He, keeps, like, he kept repeating the story about me, 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 and my brother. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, oh my god, I, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah that really brings epic. it all together. And I never tell that because that is actually when I think about it, that was the birth of that character. Wow, that's insane! And without that, we would never had one of my favorite movies of all time, One Crazy Summer. One yeah. Crazy Summer. It would have. Uh, um, it was called Greetings from Nantucket, I think, when we made it. Really, but uh, Warner Brothers changed it to One Crazy Summer, and Savage Steve Holland said if they released Woody Allen movies, they'd be called One Neurotic Jewish Guy. <laughs> <laughs> At this point of the recording, Michael was abducted by a giant hairy monster with red laser eyes. Uh, that's not true. He had to go to an audition. But Bryce and I kept hanging out, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, more of our conversation with Bobcat Goldthwait. All right, are we back? Now we can talk about Michael. Yeah, what a <laughs> I thought dick. he was never going to leave. Obsessed with that porn, that, <laughs> that Bigfoot porn. Bigfoot porn. <laughs> I thought it was funny that you choked on doing a Bigfoot call. <laughs> I really did. Mine sounded like Tarzan. There. It was a half committal. It was yeah. like, oh fuck, I ruined it. I was it. on. I don't want to brag. I was on Finding Bigfoot, and uh, I did a pretty good Ohio Bigfoot call. But right it was funny when when I was on the show was that I was walking along with Cliff, and you, we heard something. And he goes, "Oh, that's a such and such owl," and you would have totally have gone, "But what the hell was you know?" I mean, it didn't right. sound like an owl, and it was a screech, and and you'd hear these things. But um, we did hear something. Yeah. And what was fascinating to me wasn't the fact that we heard something was the normalcy it was to the the rest of the crew and them. They weren't like oh, what they were like they were like oh yeah, you know, do you know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like it wasn't like uh holy crap, we heard something. It's like, yeah, we hear stuff all the time. Yeah. That- <laughs> and the whole crew felt that way too, right? Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't and- like people were were uh yeah, it was kind of cool. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, so you guys really do encounter the stuff?" And you know, it's people. You know, the other day someone just hit me up. Where's the bodies? Right, <laughs> I right. Go, I go, they bury the bodies. Yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> or how often do you, t- you know, um, ecologists and, and and people find bare bones when they're out in the woods? Right, no, or none or, at all. You or know? you know, we talked about that in Will Creek too. You know, or like new species of animals show up all the time. Yeah, so, no, it's uh, true. Where where was the bottlenose monkey bones yeah. before? You know, and, it, it, and my, my inclinations have always led me to. I sometimes I'm just like my gut doesn't lean to that. This is like some like you know wood ape that's the missing right. link between like you know. Um, I always, I always felt there was some more part of the story that, that we're not hearing because, you know, sometimes I'll read of incidences where you, you find a trackway that just kind of even disappears into, into, into nothing. You know, even that, even the, the Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin, they, after they saw Patty walk up into those woods, they followed it. They tracked it on horseback. So they were able to track that, uh, you know, that trackway, which they both said just kind of stopped and disappeared, right. um, you know, and it was getting late. So they had to kind of turn around and and. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know what this stuff is. I mean, my only 
the, my only hesitation I have now with my interest in all this stuff is the fact that you have to keep a really open mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little nervous right now with with paranormal folks uh, and conspiracy kooks kind yeah. of... You know what I mean? They can intermesh easily. Yeah, and that 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 is um, that's that's really frightening place we're in right now. It is. They've really taken the fun out of conspiracy theories, right? They've made it where, yeah, it's it's uh, it's true. So uh, that's the only that's the only thing when I saw myself kind of withdrawing from the stuff that I've always found fun since I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like things are getting a little scary right now. Yeah. I have the same feeling. Cause it's like a uh, real actual reality now is being pulled into question and people having just like <laughs> yeah. alternate versions of what reality is like, no, no, I want to talk about this other, this fun stuff. On <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Like, I'm good with normal reality. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, God, it's hard to find a grounded stance anywhere. Yeah. Where, where it's the truth is now, um, <laughs> Uh, negotiable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really it's strange. Really yeah. strange so, time, yeah. so here's this thing that was always fun, and now it's you know we're clumped in with with uh, dangerous people. Yeah. So that yeah. that's one thing that I'm hesitant. But I still love this kind of stuff. So we should uh, we're gonna wrap it up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, just want to say thank you so much for coming on thanks the podcast, for me on. man. And Dude, thanks for pleasure. being in so much of the stuff I make. I love working with Bryce. Dude, I, uh, I love working with my you favorite. Too, man. He's just so I just love him. He, and he and he always does a great job. But we also always have a blast yeah. when we make stuff. So we did. I feel the same way. We did Sleeping Dogs Live, yep. which was called Stay, and then yep. we did. Uh, what else we did? Uh, God bless America. God you bless were America. In the office. Yep. And, and then we, Willow Creek. And, and then, then Willow Creek. Misfits and Monsters. And Misfits and Monsters. Yeah. yeah. So. I love that new Misfits and Monsters. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, man. I've been enjoying thanks. the episode so much. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. thanks. Especially when you're telling you told your uh, your mountain lion story, and then I hear. Uh, on a Tony V's episode where, uh, you know, he has to get into the lagoon and you take out the alligator side. Yeah. I'm going, yeah, that's been Bobcat. There. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, uh, danger, alligators. I go, yeah, take these down before Tony gets here because he's got to get in the water. I don't want, as an actor, I don't want him to be thinking about that. No, I just totally. want him to give a sincere performance. <laughs> no, yeah, so you're like, yeah, I know but that I guy. But I was like, yeah, that's, yep, that's It is Bobcat. funny that, like, I'm very always, you know, I do think I'm relatively concerned about other people but then when i get in that filming mode it's you, like you know you get tunnel vision yeah it really does it i really said to bridget i go would you got in that water she goes no i wouldn't have gotten the water if i knew there is an alligator <laughs> yeah, warning sign i know but yet somehow some way it's like we never lose trust of that even though we know yeah that, that, like, that i would do anything like, to get the shot you're yeah like we're still i got all my faith in bobcat and i'd right. be like Cut, and I go down to the shore and look but for you know, alligators for a minute. I go, okay, let's go again. <laughs> but maybe that appeals to our uh, to our our faith in your in your creativity because you know mm-hmm. I got to tell you that like all the projects that that we've worked on, it's like never once do you like waver in faith that, that no that this, this is, is how be, we're doing it this well is, not yeah. only not only that but it. as a performer we don't wave I, I mean i particularly don't waver in faith that this is going to be something that i can be proud of you oh, know thanks. what i mean so i know so maybe that brings thanks. me along with like oh but he well, can he can take me to a mountain lion cave but I like guess, willow but. creek you know we we had no script basically and yeah. we we talked about who your characters were yours and alexi's and, yeah and then shot the movie, and it was really, it, it definitely you guys have, have a lot of faith, and I have a lot of faith in you. So same thing with, like, these 
even Misfits and Monsters, sometimes it's really not on the page. You yeah. know, like that episode we did, the script again was the outline, and yeah. then, then we came up with uh, what it, what the episode eventually became. It's a fun way to work. It's it's It becomes really organic in Yeah, a but sense, there's so. other actors who aren't cool with that. They're, they're, you, do you know what I mean? That they're, they're not, that's not a... That's uncomfortable for them. Right. When I say, well, that was good, but just say whatever you're going to say. Right, right, right. <laughs> they like, go, what? No. Why did you write me some lines? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, no. But I'm really proud of that episode that you were in where where you're a documentary filmmaker and 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 that uh, Satan kind of reneges on a deal with a uh, Justin Bieber type character. Yeah, that was so fun. Well, this episode, mm-hmm. I believe, will air tomorrow, which is... Oh, great. Uh, so tomorrow night is... Yeah, why don't is, you plug Misfits and Monsters? Misfits and Monsters, which is on True TV every Wednesday night. Tonight's episode, Josh Fadum, Joel Murray, Toby Huss. It's a Jerry Lewis version of... Uh, the JFK assassination. So it's awesome. like, what if Lee Harvey was, what if like a Jerry Lewis type character was confused for Lee Harvey? <laughs> you think I shot the, it wasn't, uh, you know, he's in the book depository. I, mean, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He's, yeah. So it's time traveling. It's a, it's a, one of the more ambitious visual effects because we, we're in, in Afghanistan and current day. We're in. We're all around the world in the future, in the past, and stuff. Cool. And it would be good for your fans because it's. Uh, it, it does have a little, uh, a little, a little conspiracy kind of thing going on. Not oh, that this is a conspiracy. Totally, show, but you'll see. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Bobcat. It's been a, an honor and a privilege to have you on the Bigfoot Thanks. Collectors yeah, Club. Definitely. Thanks, and, guys. Uh, yeah. You're an official member. Welcome back anytime. Thank you. All right. All right. Great. Cool. Later. Bye. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 